Oh, I got it. Okay. The majestic monarch butterfly returns to the United States every year from its perch in the plains of Michoacan. Mitt Romney wants these butterflies to self-deport. Mitt Romney is anti-butterfly. I'm Daniel Bloom. And I approve this message. As do I. I'm David Ross. And I approve this message. And today, we are dealing with the sensationalism, the drama, the malarkey, if you will, known as American politics, with a good friend of the show, first time appearance here on Madcap DC for POTUS's own Jared Rizzi. Hey guys, thanks. Jared, welcome to Madcap DC. Thank you so much. Thank you for the invitation. We don't even know what this show is. Right. And you don't either. Right. Obviously. (laughs) We started it and we invited you to be on it. No, it's very confusing. What time did you wake up today? 2.30. You're kidding. No. Right answer. See, that was a trick question. You had to think about it. Am I I kidding? Am I not kidding? I I actually took a nap between when you asked it and when I answered. So it's actually, this is... This is entirely sleep deprivation. The question is, if you wake up at 2.30, did you technically sleep? No. No. No, I did not. No, no. In fact, we, I mean, it's about four hours a night. I mean, it's essentially, I'm I'm living the life of a Foxconn employee. You know, it's just, <laughs> but I get to work here where there's free beverages. So it's, For, uh, it's yes. just, a, there's, a, there's a difference. Not free. just beverages, soda. <laughs> Caffeinated beverages. No, I, I mean, it's really, it's wonderful. I... I I honestly, I, I work on the morning show with the POTUS team, and getting up in, in early in the morning when other people are, are reading in for the day, that's real cool. But mm-hmm. the fact that I'm here at, I think, 12 hours later does speak to the level of love that I have for the both of you. So I just, I hope you appreciate that. We really appreciate it. Before we get into the meat of kind of why you're here, i.e. being a political expert, we'd like to know what neighborhood you live in in the great D.C., Maryland, Virginia environs, and how long it takes you to get to work. I live in Petworth. I live right off the uh, Georgia Ave station. We love that answer. Because I get here at 4.30 in the morning, so I actually take two buses to get here. So I take about 35 minutes to get 35 in. 35 minutes from Petworth? Two buses. I'm going to buy you a Capital Bike Share account for your birthday. I have a bike. It would take you 10 minutes to get here Do you know how Petworth? cold it is in D.C. at 4.30 no. in the morning? Wear now? A, wear a ski mask. I've done this. Oh, wear, wear a ski mask. <laughs> I think a ski mask polo tucked into your jeans really frightens somebody. <laughs> <laughs> When you get into work or when you wake up at that ungodly hour of 2.30, I would like to know what the first news source is or the first news couple of news sources that you consult. I look at Instagram and Twitter. It's the RSS for what I'm doing right now. Instagram is wonderful, and I can't emphasize enough, especially for campaign people, because campaign reporters are taking snarky pictures wherever they are, and they're often in places that they're not supposed to be or that no one else is supposed to be. Mm. And they have access to what the meals look like before they get rolled into a fundraiser or how crappy the carpets are in every hotel ever. And so there's just these wonderful experiences that you can share through Instagram. I really, I've come to love it in this campaign cycle. You are a very active man on Twitter. (laughs) Say it loud, 
at Jared Rizzi, J-A-R-E-D-R-I-Z-Z-I. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be. I'm just trying to get out there, and I'm still I'm still at a very low follower count, so I'm hoping that whatever happens here... What's your Twitter handle? Give it out. At Jared Rizzi, J-A-R-E-D-R-I-Z-Z-I. Very creative. Yeah. Well, you know. Now, we asked you into this studio, Jared Rizzi. There was a purpose. You Debates. are the Debates. closest thing that we've got in our world to a political expert, one who's so cool enough sad. to walk into this studio <laughs> and actually spend slash waste his time discussing Thank you. this with us. David and I were lucky enough to view the vice presidential debate from the comfort of the Wu Mansion. Shout out to Edmund. <laughs> shout out to Doctor Doctor Edmund Wu DDS, Wu DDS, whom we will big up on the show many many times. This is Edmund Wu DDS, and you're listening to Madcap Radio. Madcap DC. That was very good. Act and be mad sultry with it. This is Edmund Wu. DDS, you're listening to Madcap DC. It was a really entertaining debate. Certainly, it was much more fun to watch than the snooze fest <laughs> that was largely credited to uh, Mitt Romney's side of the ledger. The first debate that uh, that we that we watched, but the vice presidential debate we knew was going to be encompassing of more fireworks. Exactly. It's so it seemed to me as if, and just as, I want to get your overall feeling. Sure right off the bat about the debate, it seemed to me as if we were dealing with the opening of the movie Princess Bride, <laughs> Peter Falk telling stories to his grandson, <laughs> Fred Savage. Hold it, hold it, Grandpa. You read that wrong. She doesn't marry Humperdinck. She marries Wesley. I'm just sure of it. After all that Wesley did for her, if she didn't marry him, it wouldn't be fair. Well, who says life is fair? Where is that written? Life isn't always fair. I'm telling you, you're messing up the story. Now get it right. Romney's a good man. He cares about 100% of Americans in this country. And with respect to that quote, I think the vice president very well knows that sometimes the words don't come out of your mouth the right way. (laughs) (laughs) But I always say what I mean. (laughs) And so does Romney. We want everybody to succeed. Do you think Grandpa Joe was a little bit too expressive? (laughs) You know, it's it's funny because we went into the spin room after and we're we're talking to the surrogates and all the Republicans said the same thing, that he was rude. And all the Democrats said that he wasn't rude. But, you know, I, I think that does bother some people. I, I talked to people. I talked to older people who thought that that was extremely rude. Mm, and and I arrogant. Thought, yeah, and arrogant. And there are some people who don't want that in yeah. their leaders. And then there are some people who say, if you're superior, be superior. Because you're if you're really the smarter guy in the room, whether you're Paul Ryan or the vice president, be the smarter guy in the room. And I think because people were saying that Paul Ryan sounded arrogant too, but I think a lot of the people were willing to forgive that because they felt those people were saying that he was just exercising his smarts. He was being the wonk, and he owned that in a different way than the vice president did. And yet, of course, uh, we think that humor is a mark of intelligence, and you could view Biden's actions as rude. I personally also viewed them as hilarious. Right. If you're judging the debate on comedy, <sighs> it was Bi- Biden wins hands down. Yeah. Right. And you That's know, a bunch of stuff. There, well, there, <laughs> was, there was one. Ama- there was one amazing moment yes. in the debate. We should always stand up for peace, for democracy, for individual rights, and we should not be 
imposing these devastating defense cuts, because what that does when we equivocate on our values, when we show that we're cutting our own defense, it makes us more weak. It projects weakness, and when we look weak, our adversaries are much more willing to test us. They're more brazen in their attacks, and our allies are less willing to With trust us. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. And why fact, is that so? Because not a single thing he said is accurate. Right up to your face and diss you! He comes out with the word malarkey. Yes. Okay? Now, Joe Biden is an older man. For him to throw the word malarkey out there is somewhat of a risk because it hasn't been commonly used since the <laughs> stock market crash. But I loved it partially because it was in part of a series of synonyms for bullshit that Joe Biden tried to continue to pull out of his quiver like arrows. <laughs> and he seemed to have an unending supply of them. He in, in the Joe Biden to English dictionary, somewhere in the in the first phase is stuff, and then you move on to malarkey, and then bullshit is definitely the, the third entry. And the funniest part was I actually looked at a friend of mine uh, who works for Fox News Radio, and, I, and he said to me, I hope this thing's on delay because Biden's about to say bullshit. <laughs> I mean, we just kind of looked at each other with like genuine broadcaster concern. Yes, that this right. was about to happen. Like, like, oh, do you have the dump button ready? We're all going to have the. Yes, we're all going to get yes, fined. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks to Joe Biden. I'd freak out. C-SPAN is going to have the first fine ever since Carl Levin said, you know, this is a shitty deal. Like, Joe, this is yeah. the best. This is or the Dick best. Cheney on the Senate floor. Well, yes. Or, <laughs> but that's you know, but that's perfect. Like Joe Biden is more likely to get you an FCC fine than fifty cent. If what? you're on CNN <laughs> or C-SPAN, I just it was it was a great moment because we, there really there were a couple moments in the room of reporters and it's just a, this corral of humanity where we we did have like genuine visceral reactions and that was one of them. I think we all just kind of looked at, like, askance like really this is he's about to say bullshit. Reporters are watching it in a small room or in a big room on television, just like everybody else. And you were there. And I'm there. And we, we fly out to Denver or Danville or wherever, and we just <laughs> watch it on TV like everyone else. <laughs> but the vice presidential debate, and I, I do like the idea that, that it was kind of this narrated thing because Martha Raddatz comes in with a very specific mission, and it's to make this as substantive and as stylistically... Uh, cleaved as possible she really wanted and she achieved that so well she was so amazingly good at achieving that one thing which was if you were a low information voter and you watched the vice presidential debate you walked away with substantive and stylistic differences that matter that would influence governing and would educate you as a voter that's incredible. That is for for four weeks or five weeks or wherever that is. That is an enormous benefit and almost impossible to do. So she achieved that. If you like the vice president, you said the momentum was for him. And if you like the congressman, the momentum was for him. But I think if you're a low information voter and you're not necessarily paying attention to that noise, you walked away with a lot of good information. You refer to Martha Raddatz, ABC News reporter, formerly of NPR. Mm -hmm. The Vice presidential debate and the second presidential debate that just took place, both moderated by women. Does that make a difference? Yes. Women Why? are going to ask questions that men aren't going to ask. Everyone's making hay out of this binders full of women line. Loved it. We took a concerted effort to go out and find women who had backgrounds that could be qualified to become members of our cabinet. I went to a number of women's groups and said, can you help us find folks? And they brought us whole binders full of, uh, of women. Comedy just thanks everyone for that. But, you know, it's, it's a great line. And I think it also speaks to there's a lot of pathology that you could 
if you're not being charitable to Mitt Romney, you could say there's a lot of pathology behind a comment like that. But I also think it's interesting that in a in a debate that was moderated by a woman, that wasn't necessarily the thing that she picked up on. You know, fundamentally, what we heard from the the president and what we heard from Mitt Romney on that answer was the president was talking about pay equality. Mitt Romney was talking about opportunity equality. Hmm. Fundamentally, very different things. And fundamentally, I think, speak to a, a difference in what the two parties want, whether you want equality of results or equality of opportunity. That's a really interesting dichotomy. And what Candy Crowley, I think, successfully did there was let that stand. Mm -hmm. She didn't do that in everything else. But, you know, the questions about abortion, you have two Catholic guys in that vice presidential debate. The abortion question was perfect. But the way it was asked by a woman, I think, has more credibility than if Jim Lehrer's trying to ask you about abortion. I thought they were going to fight at the presidential. <laughs> I thought they were too close. It's I interesting, so too, worried. because this is the first time we've had movement. And the third one... I don't like it. I don't like it. This is the fucking shit I be talking about. Yeah. half rapping ass motherfuckers. You think it's a game? You think it's a fucking game? Come on! The suggestion that anybody in my team, whether the Secretary of State, our UN ambassador, anybody on my team would play politics or mislead when we've lost four of our own governor is offensive. The third one, they're going to be sitting. So the third Good. one, Bob Schieffer, Lynn University, Florida, they're going to be seated and it's going to be foreign policy. Good. So this is the new thing now. We're going to have no podium, no no movement. Leg crossing. A lot of leg crossing. A lot of leg crossing. Yeah. Is it going to be the traditional square leg cross? <sighs> is it going to be the scissor leg cross? I don't know. These things are tightly, tightly choreographed. We only got a couple minutes left here, Jared, and it's been fascinating to have you in. We really appreciate it. We would love to have you in, by the way, for post- election coverage i'm here analysis Boom. all and of it we got to try david at least to do some kind of field recording at inauguration day <laughs> don't, don't don't worry about that I, i'm on it okay i'm glad i'm on it, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm on so, it. no matter I'm gonna, who wins i'm gonna ask you wow. and, that's right that was no nice. no absolutely like absolutely like no matter who wins We're, i like the beat 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 and then <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we had to wait for it it was Spandos a long timing. walk over there but so <laughs> growing up in the washington dc area as david and i okay did, Almost is like getting a de facto political science education. Sure. Yes. Not one as high quality as from the University of Notre Dame. Well, that's fine. If you will. I won't. But <laughs> you know, it, gives, it makes us <laughs> it, it makes us more cynical than your average American. Sure. So, and I would just like you to, guys could just be jerks. I mean, like that. And a, we're jerks. Okay. And we're jerks. So there's another layer yes. in this parfait of awful. Absolutely. So I would just like to know, here is my, my dime store evaluation of the, the election, and I would just like you to tell me if I'm wrong, and if so, how I'm wrong. Okay. A critical thinking. For comedic purposes, you should know that I'm going to tell you you're wrong either First way. of all, <laughs> if you look at the overarching characters that we are dealing with in this election, it is basically Simba, the Lion King, against <laughs> the father of the Winklevoss twins. <laughs> and furthermore... It seems to me that if a Republican candidate is going to win the presidency, that the evangelical vote, especially in the South, has to be fired up. It's part of the Richard Nixon-led Southern strategy to flip the Democrat, Dixiecrat South over to the Republican side. I love how you... Okay, no, I'm just going to leave Yes, it. we're mixing the high and the mm -hmm. low here. Yeah, no, I'm... The I'm silent majority. So without a fired up evangelical base, how on earth do the Republicans think they're going to beat an incumbent 
Obama. The president's got an enormous electoral advantage that is going to come down to Ohio, Florida, and Virginia, I think, essentially, is what we're talking about right now. That's almost insurmountable. Mitt Romney essentially has to get at least two and maybe all three, depending on how the other swing states break. That's hard to do in any year, but in a year when Detroit and car manufacturing is a big deal, Ohio is going to be tough for for a Republican uh, especially when the messaging on on auto manufacturing has been as strongly against Mitt Romney as it's been. Virginia is going to be a toss-up. Tim Kaine right now is polling ahead of President Obama for Democrats in Virginia, but it's not an easy road to hoe no matter who you are. And Florida, I, I feel like I want to channel Tim Russert here and just circle the hell out of Florida. This state and that I-4 corridor area is once again going to be the, the so huge... The good part is we should probably know by the Eastern time zone who won. The bad news is we should probably know by the Eastern time zone who won. Whether or not it involves Simba and the Winklevoss twins, I can't even unpack that. I'm just going to return it. to. I can't even. I wish for the sake of, of giving a damn I could like wrap my head around that analogy. Well, you're going to sleep with it tonight whether or not you'd really, like to. Well, yeah, they do look like I'm going to tell it I love it about three weeks in but- and then I'm going <laughs> to. And then I'm you know, eventually, if we're but lucky. nobody wants to talk about the Mormon question. I agree with you. If the evangelicals aren't fired up, the Republicans don't have a shot. Well, I think that the, the one thing, you know, gay marriage And is, they think he's a heretic! Well... <laughs> gay marriage is interesting because obviously that was used in the 04 cycle to drive the evangelical vote. And that was done by... President Bush at the time, and that was, I think, a lot of the margin in Ohio and a lot of other places. That really did it. And in eight years since 2004, gay marriage has gone from being a wedge one way to a wedge the other way. I mean, that's an enormous shift of public opinion on that one topic. And there's not an issue like that. Abortion has withered away as that topic. Gay marriage isn't there. There's no other social issue that cleaves in such a way that you're going to get evangelicals to come out. If they stay home, Mitt Romney probably loses. But they know that. And so the Mm -hmm. question is, how much reinforcement are you going to get at the pulpit? And more importantly, how much in the back of your mind are you going to know? And is that enough to make a difference? You know, the interesting thing is on the president's side of of this ledger, The president doesn't have the black vote the way he did in 2008. He doesn't have the youth vote the way he did in 2008. And even if Mitt Romney Romney doesn't have to win the Hispanic vote, but if he can just peel away a couple percentage points in a couple states. Not happening. It it might be enough, but we're not talking about a majority. so negative. We're not talking about a majority, but we're talking about enough to to dilute a, a majority that the president has. And that's possible. That's in the realm of possibility. So I think it's going to be a tough night for both of them. And they're, But by the time Ohio's results are in, we're probably going to know. Jared Rizzi, thank you so much for being with us. Please plug your Twitter page one more time and tell the people what show you work on and where they can listen to it. It's at Jared Rizzi, J-A-R-E-D-R-I-Z-Z-I. It's POTUS, Sirius XM 124. You can hear it on the morning briefing where I work with Tim Farley on the on the morning briefing. Julie Mason, the press pool in the in the middays. Pete Dominic in the afternoons. Uh, you, you'll hear it throughout the day. I'm reporting from the White House, from Capitol Hill, and uh, throughout Washington. 
Thank you so much, Jared. David, Dan, thank you. This was so much fun. I'm telling you, you're messing up the story. Now get it right.